Braden Huff sure has impressed this exhibition season. Could that be enough for him to carve out a much bigger role than anticipated in Mark Few's offense this year? We're going to discuss what that might look like on today's Locked On Zags podcast. You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, y'all? Welcome to the Locked On Zags podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host and longtime Gonzaga podcaster, Andy Patton, here to give you news and updates on all things Zag athletics. Today's episode of Locked On Zags is brought to you by Game Time. Folks, download the Game Time app, create an account, and you can use that promo code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. Well, folks, we are continuing our player preview series. The college basketball season is officially underway. We had a huge slate of games on Monday throughout the day. Still got a couple more days until Gonzaga starts their season officially on Friday evening against Yale at the McCarthy Athletic Center. So we're going to continue this player preview series discussing every player on Gonzaga's roster, talking about how they ended up here in Spokane, their best and worst case scenario projections for this upcoming season, closing out the show with a more realistic role expectation, as well as talking about said player's future here in Spokane and NBA future as well. Almost done with these, got three or four more to go before we are out of preview season and into the regular season. Uh, Today, discussing Braden Huff, one of the most talked about players on Gonzaga's roster over the last couple of weeks. He shined in that crazy, in craziness in the kennel. He shined in that exhibition game against Lewis Clark State. Who is Braden Huff? How did he get here? What does this look like next year? Well, Braden Huff initially was a six foot nine, two hundred and five pound forward from Carroll Stream, Illinois. He was the ninety third ranked player in the class of twenty twenty two. So for Gonzaga, who has a, a rich history of developing non five star, non four star, sometimes barely three star prospects into stars. What we've seen lately is a much bigger push towards those five stars, the Jalen Suggs, the Chet Holmgrens, the Hunter Salases, Zach Collins, etc. But Gonzaga's still finding these kinds of diamonds in the rough. Corey Kispert wasn't even top 100 in his recruiting class. He ends up getting picked 15th in the NBA draft. And it's starting to look already like Braden Huff might be that kind of steal from that recruiting class. Again, 93rd in the class of 2022, but he had offers from Creighton. He had an offer from Wisconsin, from Illinois, from Iowa, from Michigan State. The whole Big Ten was pretty interested in landing Braden Huff, no surprise, as he was, of course, the Mr. Illinois in the state of Illinois, the best high school basketball player in the state his senior year. He led Glenbard West to a state championship in Illinois, a fantastic high school player. Again, offers all over the Big Ten. He took official visits to Northwestern, official visit to Wisconsin, Virginia Tech, also took one to Vanderbilt, and then to Gonzaga. And he committed to Gonzaga just three days after that official visit. That was back in September of 2021. It was clear he wanted to be a Zag. The Zags wanted him to be in Spokane, and here he is. Last year, we didn't get to see any of Braden Huff. I guess I shouldn't say we didn't see any of Brayton Huff. We saw him very briefly in Craziness in the Kennel. Didn't do much. Didn't look particularly great. He didn't look horrible or anything. Just didn't, just didn't really stand out in his initial craziness. 
And then unsurprisingly, Braden Huff did not suit up during last year's regular season. I say unsurprisingly because the team had Drew Timmy, the team had Anton Watson, the team had Efton Reed, and the team had Ben Gregg. Of course, Ben Gregg ended up passing Efton Reed on the depth chart, but it was clear based on how little Efton Reed played and his decision after the season to transfer to look for more playing time elsewhere that Braden Huff wouldn't have been utilized had he been off of the red shirt. So it made a ton of sense for Gonzaga, for Mark Few, for this tremendous player development staff to let Braden Huff be behind the scenes, developing in a role with zero pressure on him, does not have to come into games, does not have to you know, contribute right away. He's just a practice body. And what we heard was that he was a pretty difficult practice body. Drew Timmy said he was the toughest redshirt he's ever had to go up against. Anton Watson spoke highly of him at the end of last season. Julian Strother spoke highly of him last season. And I've said this on this podcast a few times, but pay attention to when players or coaches talk about somebody unprompted. That always means more to me. If I go, you know, put a microphone in Mark Few's face or Brian Michelson's face or whomever and say, tell me about so-and-so, it doesn't mean that what they're going to say in response is a lie necessarily, but it is important to acknowledge that they were prompted to speak about said topic. When Drew Timmy or Anton Watson or Julian Strother bring up Braden Huff, if you watch these interviews, you see these conversations, they're being, he's being brought up unprompted. They're saying, this is a guy who we think is going to be a, a big piece for next year. You know, Julian's saying like, oh, like next year's team with, you know, if Ton goes back, if Braden Huff steps up, you know, like he's bringing them up unprompted. And I say to pay more attention to that because last year at Craziness in the Kennel, Mark Few talked really glowingly about Ben Gregg coming into the season. And then by the third week in November, Ben Gregg, like we said, had kind of clipped Efton Reed in playing time and had himself a really productive season. So now we've heard this talk about Brayton Huff. We've seen already some fantastic results. For starters, Huff is now listed at 6'10", 235 pounds. Again, his 247 sports, uh, the profile for him on that website has him at 6'9", 205 coming out of high school. You got to take these things with a significant grain of salt. But it definitely sounds like Braden Huff has put on some weight. They got a 30-pound difference between where he was in high school and now his second college year. That's at a tremendous amount of size, of muscle. He looked stronger. He looked really physically fit when we've seen him these last couple of uh, the exhibition games. And then he's the, the production has been there quite clearly. 19 points led everybody at craziness. Craziness, you got to take a little bit with a grain of salt, just like the exhibition game. I don't want to pour cold water on everything, but he scored more points than anybody else in a Gonzaga uniform in that exhibition game or in that craziness scrimmage. And then he dropped 21 points against Lewis Clark State, second most of anybody on the team behind Graham E.K. Again, when there's smoke, there's fire. Does this mean that Braden Huff's going to start at center and be the team's second leading scorer? Probably not. We'll get to those best and worst case scenarios. But it's very hard to ignore the fact that Braden Huff has, has, has played extraordinarily well in the two opportunities we have had to see him. Now, all we have from the Baylor secret scrimmage is a box score. Really hard to glean much from that. In said box score, he played roughly 11 minutes. He had four points and two rebounds on two of four shooting, reportedly. Still part of that rotation, still playing in that scrimmage game, so certainly something to keep an eye on there. But the early returns for Braden Huff have people very, very excited. 
and for very good reason. Again, 21 points on 8 of 11 shooting in that exhibition game against Lewis Clark State. 4-4 from the free throw line, only missed shots were three-pointers. Yeah, I was in the second half. It was against Lewis Clark State's backups, but still, really strong performance from him. And now we're all left to wonder, what is his role going to be? Is he truly the fourth big? Is he going to move into third big territory? Heck, could he start at some point for Gonzaga this season? I want to talk about all of that after a word from today's sponsor, FanDuel. Folks, score early and often this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 in your pocket if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time than right now to get in on the action with college basketball starting up this week. Folks, this app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Right now, the Zags have 800-to-1 odds to make the Final Four. If you watch that exhibition game and you're feeling real good about this Gonzaga basketball team, and why wouldn't you? You can drop 25 bucks on the Zags making the Final Four when they're dancing. Come late March, you're going to be pumped about it and $200 richer. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn right now and kick off the college basketball season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. All right, folks, I want to thank all of you for making Locked On Zags your first listen or your first watch of the day, especially a shout out to those everyday listeners who stuck with us throughout the offseason. I know many of you are coming back to the show after not being here since March. I want to welcome all of you back, but also want to give a shout out to those of you who are with us through the highs and lows of what was in a very exciting offseason for Gonzaga. But like I said, we're back now and we're continuing our player preview series here talking Braden Huff. And as I've said on these previous player preview episodes, the best and worst case scenarios are best case within reason, worst case without injury. What I mean by that is if a player's, every player's best case scenario is that they win the national player of the year, that they're championship MVP, first pick in the 2024 NBA draft, et cetera. That is not realistic for most players. So we're not going to jump straight to that unless it is a realistic outcome. Similarly, every player's worst case scenario is they get hurt and miss the year. That's not particularly interesting analysis. So we're going to talk about the worst case scenario without discussing injury, unless, of course, it is a part of said player's history. For Braden Huff, we got a pretty wide range of outcomes here. The best case scenario for Braden Huff is pretty simple. It's that the dude who keeps scoring 20 points a game in Gonzaga's exhibitions is the real dude. It's the real deal. That is who Braden Huff is, that he can come off the bench and shoot at an extremely efficient rate around the rim. He finishes through contact extraordinarily well. He's great at going to his left. He can also finish with his right hand. That efficiency around the rim that is, I mean, through two exhibition games is legitimately Drew Timmy-esque sticks. He's still not going to go score 20 points per game this year because there's just too many players around him and in front of him. But the best case scenario is that when he is on the floor and when he is playing, he is an extremely efficient low post scorer. And the best case scenario for Braden Huff is that those minutes do come and that they continue to increase throughout the year. The best case scenario for Braden Huff specifically is that he does basically exactly what Ben Gregg did last year. And by the third week of the season, he has moved past Ben Gregg on the depth chart and is the third big for Gonzaga behind fifth-year senior Anton Watson and Graham E.K., who looked 
unbelievable in that scrimmage game against Lewis Clark State. I don't necessarily see a scenario where Braden Huff starts this year. It's hard for me to imagine, and it has less to do with Huff and more to do with EK. They're very similar as players. Now, Huff can stretch the floor in a way that EK cannot. Maybe Graham will, will show some more floor spacing ability later in the season, but that, he's got like 13 career three-point attempts. Like, that's not his game. For Braden, it is. So maybe there's a possibility that those two guys could share the floor together. But I don't think it'll happen much because they both kind of present as the real centers on this roster. Watson and Greg are, are power forwards. They're fours. Huff and Ike are fives. And so I don't think they'll play a ton of minutes together. But in a best case scenario for Braden Huff, he's very clearly the third big and he's playing legitimate third big minutes. That could be as much as 15 to 20 minutes per game. Ben Gregg was about 11 and a half minutes per game last year. I think in a best case scenario for Huff, he's more than that because I don't think EK will play as many minutes as Timmy did. The best case scenario for Braden Huff is not only that he's an efficient scorer around the rim, but that that floor spacing shows up in an immediate way. Killian Tilly is a freshman, 12 minutes per game, fourth big behind Zach Collins, behind Jonathan Williams, behind Shemek Karnowski. Tilly shot like 44% from three as a freshman. He averaged like four points, three boards, but he shot like 44% from three. The best case scenario for Braden Huff kind of looks like that. Maybe it's a little bit more production. Maybe it's more like five and a half points per game, three and a half rebounds per game, shooting 40 plus percent from three, showing you everything you need to see to know this guy is legit. This guy is the real deal. The best case scenario for, for Braden Huff is that people are clamoring for him to play more minutes throughout the year. That every week on Mailbag Monday, I'm answering the same questions about Braden Huff's playing time, similarly to how I did with Hunter Salas last year. We're constantly wondering whether Braden Huff deserves more minutes. And it's not because Graham E.K. is playing poorly. It's not because Anton Watson's playing poorly. It's not even because Ben Gregg is playing poorly. It's because Braden Huff just looks that smooth, that comfortable. The best case scenario for Braden Huff is that defensively, he is able to immediately impact the game. Up to this point, Braden Huff has looked like a rim protector. Looking like a rim protector against your teammates and looking like a rim protector against backup power forwards for a Division III school at Lewis Clark State is much different than being a rim protector against Purdue and UConn and even Washington and Yale and every other, but everybody else they can zag a place. But the best case scenario for Braden Huff is that his ability to impact the game defensively as a rim protector, as a shot blocker, hedging screens shows up even against better competition. And in that case, Braden Huff could push Ben Gregg out of the rotation almost entirely. I think Ben's still going to play. I don't think he's going to get all the way down to Efton Reed four to five minutes per game, but you never know. Braden has clearly demonstrated up to this point that he is good enough to earn third big minutes. Gonzaga has two players who are good enough to be the third big on this team. They are now competing against each other. It is impossible to, to not believe, especially if we're talking about best case scenarios for Braden Huff, that he could very easily take that mantle. Of course, Gonzaga could also run four big rotations, something they have not done in a long time. Back to that 2016-17 team when Killian Tilly was the fourth big but still played 12 minutes per game. That hasn't happened since then with the fourth big. But this year's roster, especially without as much depth in the guard room, could be a, four, a true four-big lineup for Gonzaga.
The best case for Braden Huff is that he truly resembles what Zach Collins did as a sixth man for that 2016-17 team as a rim protector, a three-point shooter. He has a realistic chance to be WCC sixth man of the year, maybe even sneak into the all-WCC conversation. And there's real concern in the absolute best case scenario for Braden Huff. There is real concern that he could leave for the NBA. If we're going to compare him to Zach Collins, we're going to talk about what happened with Zach Collins. Again, this is the upper echelon of best case scenario. Two weeks ago, I don't think this would have been listed in my best case scenario. But what we saw from him against Lewis Clark State is enough to consider it a potential option for Braden Huff because he has that skill set. We'll talk more about his NBA skill set and opportunities later in the show. But that is the best case scenario for him this year. What's the worst case scenario for Braden Huff? Well, really, it's just that the preseason success doesn't translate. It's that the fact that he was playing against his own teammates, the fact that he was playing against a Division III school in Lewis Clark State, means that some of the skills we saw were, were products primarily of his opponent and not products of his game. Again, I don't think that there's this worst-case scenario where Braden Huff is just bad. That doesn't seem particularly likely. He's looked so good already. I think he is talented. But the worst-case scenario is just that it there's a there's a learning curve that going up against Zach Eady is going to be more challenging for him than it is against Lewis Clark State. There's no, that's obvious. It's going to be the reality regardless. But the worst case scenario is that he doesn't seamlessly transition to playing that caliber of opponent as quickly as, as maybe some people might be expecting or clamoring for him to do. The worst case scenario for Braden Hupp is that he just settles in as the fourth big but that instead of the fourth big being a 12 to 15 minute per game role like it was with Tilly back in 2017, it's more like what Efton Reed was last year. It's five to six minutes a game. It's mostly in garbage time. There's not a lot of first half minutes for Braden Huff. Ben is clearly above him on the depth chart. Again, arguments on what the best and worst case scenario for Gonzaga specifically kind of depends on how these guys do. But if we're talking worst case for Braden Huff, it is that he is fourth in that big man rotation, and he is either eighth or potentially ninth in Gonzaga's overall rotation. If Ben Gregg is sixth or seventh, Dusty Stromer is sixth or seventh, there's a possibility that Luka Krinovich is eighth and Braden Huff is more like ninth. Efton Reed wasn't in the top eight last year. He played four to six minutes per game. So the worst case scenario for Braden Huff is really just that he goes from redshirt, who doesn't play at all, to fourth big, who just plays a little bit. This is a, a fairly typical trajectory for players in Gonzaga's system. So it's not unusual. It's not alarming. It's not really even concerning. It's just what might happen. But I know that it will rankle some feathers because of how he has looked in the exhibition season so far. He does not look like somebody who should be relegated to four to six minutes per game, mostly in garbage time. But if we're talking worst case scenario, that's how that looks. And again, is it that bad of a scenario for him long-term? Not necessarily. He developed a ton as a redshirt last year. He might develop a ton more in just a limited role. Maybe he's ready to explode in his redshirt sophomore season. If that's the case, him not playing much this year, not necessarily a bad thing. I imagine that the fan base, that the reaction to him not playing much will be a lot because of how he has played in that exhibition season. But I don't necessarily think that if, if this were the reality where he just doesn't, doesn't pass Ben on the depth chart, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, particularly if it's primarily because Ben is playing really well. 
if Ben plays super well and Braden plays well also, that's not necessarily a bad thing. They're probably going to rely on the guy who's already played more Division I basketball in Ben than they would in Braden. But again, some of the actual results-based worst-case scenarios we could see, poor outside shooting, inconsistency, making bad passes, you know, shooting 30% from three, the efficiency on twos just isn't there. You know, just things you might expect from a guy playing his first year of Division I basketball. Nothing that would really be incredibly alarming. But at the end of the year, instead of us worrying about Braden Huff maybe not being here, it's more of a, well, Anton's gone. We still got Graham. We still got Ben. We still got Braden. But we should maybe add a transfer. Like we're not as confident of like, yeah, those threes are going to be great. There's a little bit more, uh, is Braden going to take that leap? You know, just a little bit less confidence in what he might look like in 24, 25. Well, now we're going to close out today's show discussing his more realistic role and expectations for this season, somewhere in the middle of those two kind of ranges of best and worst case. And then we're also going to talk about his future. What does his role look like in 24, 25? What about after that? Could he be an NBA player? All of that coming up. After a word from today's sponsor, Game Time. Folks, college basketball is here. I was just at the Portland Long Beach State game on Monday evening. And folks, there is a great opportunity for wherever you're located to get last-minute tickets to some awesome college basketball action by using Game Time. Because I know Game Time is going to have the tickets that I need at a good price. And I'm going to be able to see what the view is going to look like from my seat right in the app. GameTime is the fastest and the easiest way to buy tickets for any event that you're looking for, whether it is a college basketball game or college football or a music show, a concert, a comedy show, theater, whatever it may be. You name it, GameTime has got it. And in addition to the view from your seat feature, I also really like that you have a lowest price guarantee and event cancellation protection. It makes me feel really comfortable to go ahead and buy the tickets that I see in the app, knowing that I can cancel if I need to, or that there is a lowest price guarantee if I find them cheaper somewhere else. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Right now, download the GameTime app, create an account, and use promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE, and you will get $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices. All right, folks, closing out today's show, talking Braden Huff. We talked about his history, Mr. Illinois in the state of Illinois, a guy who redshirted last year but has looked really good in the very early goings of this upcoming season. We talked about his best and worst case scenarios for this year. Now I want to take a look at a more kind of realistic role expectation outcome for Braden Huff entering what will be his first season playing Division I college basketball. In my mind, and many of yours, Braden Huff has earned a spot in Gonzaga's rotation. And I think that he will. I think right now that the, the starting five is set with the same starting five we saw in the exhibition game, uh, Nemhard, Hickman, Venters, Watson, EK. And I think Ben Gregg, Dusty Stromer, and Braden Huff are six, seven, and eight. I think Luka Krinovich is right on the outside. Every year we talk about Mark Few playing a nine-man rotation, and every year he does not play a nine-man rotation. So I wouldn't expect... I will see more of those guys early in the year. We'll see them against Eastern Oregon next week. Like we'll see those guys, but as the year gets in, as we get into the, you know, the Yukons of the, of the schedule, the USC's, the San Diego State, the same areas, we'll probably see six or seven. That's just how it has always been under Mark Few. And I think Huff's probably a little bit out in those games, but for the most part, I think he plays. 
And for those of you who've checked out the website, scorezagscore.com, we wrote about this. For those of you who listened to the mailbag episode on Monday, we talked about a minutes predictions for every player on the roster. I projected Braden have to play 13 minutes per game. And that's still kind of where I'm at with him. Again, Ben Gregg was about 12 last year. Killian Tilly as the fourth big back in 2017 was about 12. So that feels about right. And I think Braden is going to play the vast majority of his minutes at the backup five. I don't see a lot of him and EK playing together, mostly because I don't see a lot of times where both Anton Watson and Ben Gregg will be on the bench. I just don't think that that situation is all that likely. It feels to me like Gonzaga has two fours and two fives with Watson and Gregg at the four and then Huff and EK at the five. And I just don't think we'll mix and match them all that much. But for me, I think we are going to see Braden Huff showcase a lot of the abilities we've seen from him in the exhibition game. We're going to see some rim protection. I don't think he's going to be some big time significant enforcer necessarily, but we will see it. He will punish guards for coming into the lane multiple times throughout the year. We will see him space the floor. We will see him shoot well from three. We will also see him be a freshman, which means we will see him throw the ball away. We will see him make force entry passes that he shouldn't be forcing. We will see him rush three-point shots that he shouldn't be taking. We will see him miss assignments defensively. All of this is going to happen because he's playing Division I basketball for the first time. It happened to every single one of these guys on this team. So I think we'll see a mix of both. But what I do think ultimately is that this will be the biggest rotation we've seen from Gonzaga in the front court in a very long time. Because I also project Ben Gregg to play about 13 minutes a game. I got EK at about 25. I got Watson at about 29, 30. That's four guys all playing over 12 minutes per game in the front court. That's, again, that doesn't happen much. Doesn't happen all that often. I don't know how many jumbo lineups we'll see. I don't know if we'll see Watson play in the three with Greg and EK on the floor or with Huff in the mix somewhere too. Maybe, probably not. Mark Few hasn't played a lot of big lineups much in the past, and I don't think we'll see it with this group. But I do think we're going to see more big rotations than we've seen in the past. In terms of a... a actual statistical production uh, prediction for Braden Huff. If we go 13 minutes a game, let's go like four and a half points, three boards, maybe 0.7 blocks a game, you know, gets a block most games, at least gets one. Um, Hopefully efficiency, he's good. 60% from twos, 35 plus percent from three. That'd be great. That'd be a great season. If he could put that together, that'd be a great season. I think a lot of people might be expecting more or hoping for more because of what we've seen in the preseason. But again, let's use that Baylor exhibition, 11 minutes, four points. That kind of feels about where we're projecting him here. So I think that, and that was against Baylor. That's a, That would be one of the better teams Gonzaga's going to play if they were to play them in the regular season. So to me, that feels about right. And I think it sets him up to take on a bigger role in the future. And that's what will be interesting because Anton Watson is gone. This is his final year at Gonzaga. We know that. But Graham E.K. can come back. Ben Gregg can come back. Braden Huff, of course, can come back. Jun Sakyo will be back. Is he going to play some small ball for? What does that look like? So the opportunity for Braden Huff to take on a bigger role after this season is very clearly there. Very clearly there. But what does that actually look like? Because if I don't expect Huff and E.K. to play a lot of minutes together this year, would they play more together next year? Could Huff adjust to being a four and take on a bigger role at the power forward position next year with EK at the five? Maybe. It's entirely possible that that could happen. I expect Braden Huff to be a, a guy who's here for multiple years. He can be here through 2027 because he's got 
three more years of eligibility after this year as a player who redshirted last year. This is his true freshman or his freshman season. So I think Brayden Huff's going to be here for a while. And I think that we might see not a meteoric rise the way that I think that there might be some expectation around. More of a Corey Kispert rise. Steady, solid, productive, best season is his last season, boom, he's in the NBA. That wouldn't surprise me. And Brayden Huff's going to get NBA attention. Heck, he already is. He's six foot 10, 235 pounds, and can shoot the three. That alone will get you attention. If he can be even adequate as a rim protector, and I mean adequate as an NBA rim protector, which would mean he would have to be pretty darn good in college to even be able to project as a decent rim protector at the NBA level. If he can be quality rim protector, and it's not going to happen this year, but if he can develop into a good rim protector, a steady 38, 40-ish percent three-point shooter, and athleticism is enough. He's not going to be an elite NBA athlete because being an elite NBA athlete is really, really hard. But if he can be an adequate athlete with the outside shooting ability and the rim protecting, he's going to get NBA attention. There is no possible way he does not. Killian Tilly would be in the NBA if it weren't for injury issues. Tilly wasn't a great rim protector, although he was fine at it. But if you can space the floor and you can hold your own defensively, you will get looks. And I think Braden Huff is it's way too early to tell if he's actually going to be in that conversation, what that might look like in the future. But I'm telling you right now, he's going to get looks and he's going to get looks as soon as this year. That's going to wrap us up for today here on the Locked On Zags podcast. we got a couple more of these coming your way this week, as well as, of course, a big preview of the Yale game on Friday. That episode will come out on Thursday. We'll preview Yale. We'll talk about what I'm going to be watching for in that first game of the year, get you some recruiting updates as well. And then we'll continue on with our player free preview series. we got June Sakyo still. we got Pavel Stosic, the new guy, joining the team in late September. we got some previews coming your way on those two guys as well. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen or your first watch of the day. Don't forget to join us on the Discord channel, Talking Zags 20. 24-7 doing game threads, talking throughout the contest. There's a link in the show notes. You can also find my written content at scorezagscore.com. Once again, thank you so much for making the show your first listen. And until next time, as always, go Zags.